0: From Headstuff Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfucker, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words and words from Ireland. Dara Cochet is still on leave, I'm your host, Pather O'Quivonic. Now, privilege is the Irish for... Privilege, mm-hmm. and it's something that not a lot of us tend to acknowledge when we have it. But one woman has done an awful lot of thinking about that and other things, and joins me in studio today is gonna check Magdalena You're very welcome. Thanks for coming in. But Leisha, you were uh, a curator of our Mother Folklore shared mm-hmm. Twitter account, and. I suppose one of the major things, among the many, many things you've achieved, is you were one of the driving forces, if not the driving force, behind the folklore Mm Attach, the Irish language queer dictionary. Mm -hmm. So what made you want to start a project like that?
1: Gourmet le maggots. How would you even begin to start something like that? I think, for me, it kind of started when, whenever I was in the NUAG student Union, or slightly after, someone had made a comment saying that, what was it, they wanted to make the constitution of the student Union gender neutral, but because NUAG Students' Union has such a strong mandate for the Irish language, they actually couldn't do that because they sent it to the translator and the translator sent it back with just she and she, totally, you know, leaving out all of the they right. and them material that they had, which... Is totally doable in the Irish language. Yeah, it's, it is
0: completely doable. It's that, that's totally something that's doable. a little bit weird to me. You just you do it exactly the same way you do it in the English language. You use the third the third yeah. par, third person plural. Exactly. Eid, sheid, So
1: I was just like, well, this seems like a ridiculously stodgy and archaic aspect of translation or whatever. So I was kinda like, um I kinda was thinking about it for a while, and then whenever I became a or a, one of the team in the Union of Students in Ireland I kind of thought, well, now I have the resources to actually make this happen. So that's exactly what I, I tried to make happen. So what happened was I teamed up with the Transgender Equality Network of Ireland, or Tenny, and belonged to Youth Services. And I worked really closely with the teams there because obviously I'm not a member of the LGBT community, so I have quite a lot of privilege in that regard. But what I did was I literally found as many terms as I could online, translated them for better or worse and then i presented them to the teams at 10 A and belong to it, and i was like okay so let's curate this kind of stuff because i don't really know you know well i knew some things but mm. obviously i didn't know the ins and outs of everything and they curated it on my behalf and then i would tweak the translations and things and once we were kind of happy with the sum of the dictionary we launched it in DCE March last year. It seems like it's ages ago now. Oh my God,
0: was it that long ago? Yeah,
1: it was March. I was at that
0: launch. I can't believe you it was, was that long You were at that ago. launch,
1: yeah. Oh, it was oh. like, oh, it feels so long ago. But, yeah. I feel so
0: old. <laughs> in the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so fr- from that, like we have on Folkloratic, which is a groundbreaking thing. I, I've seen it described as a radical act of anti-imperialism.
1: I've also seen that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, which, was, it was a,
0: which is a bit of a weird article. A kinda, it was really, really great in how it described. On folklore attack but then went a bit off the rails in saying how it was actually the English that brought Christianity to Ireland, and uh, in the yeah. 1100s, it was a bit odd. But still, it gave two props to the folklore atoch, which mm-hmm. was actually, let's face it, groundbreaking because, um, with the kind of ecclesiastical history that we've had of the, mm. you know, the short, the short lifespan our nation state has had, there hasn't really been a great opportunity. Let's put it this way. Dev wasn't putting in gender non-binary into the 1937 no. constitution.
1: No, no. Dev wasn't even putting woman who identified <laughs> as woman who were, you know, they didn't even identify them in the constitution. It was very much like, well, if you're woman, stay in the home. Men, you do everything. Everyone it else was, doesn't exist. It
0: was, But it wasn't even um, woman. Was it the mother? Is it the the, the mother in the, the mother home? I was
1: like, oh God. Yeah. But yeah, so Dev wasn't exactly putting in any um, LGBT or any other friendly material in there. But I mean, I think that was something that really kind of bothered me, was people thought that the Irish language was this like Catholic, you know, almost 90, well, it was associated with 1916, obviously, but like kind of like revolutionary era language that was stuck in Catholicism and literally was the bedmate of the 1937 Bunroet and Heron, which I don't I don't feel to be true in any way. The only reason maybe that Irish hasn't updated the terminology itself is that maybe people think well it can't handle these kind of things or people don't want to see that or people don't want to read that or you know there's a lot of discourse that's missing from the Irish language and it's not just LGBT or anything like that there's a lot of mental health discourse that maybe isn't there quite as strong as it would be in English so I think you know that was kind of step one of the Let's yeah, and make, a good. Yeah. Let,
0: let's face it, a good a good first step. But mm. I mean, just to just to parse one of the points that you're making there because it's really interesting. I mean, first of all, we can pretty much categorically state that it's bullshit that the language can't handle. Oh God, That's why you said? Yeah, y yeah. Z, yeah. When, because it's it's a communication tool, and you just mm-hmm. you change the parts to fit. Like you know, we have the words, and where we don't have the words, we can go back to the Latin or Greek roots and invent the words. Just and that's, make up some that's, words. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why not? Like we can all do it. It's no problem. Yeah, but the idea that certain people or some people didn't want to discuss that, I suppose that's really interesting from a minority language point of view, the custodians of the flame of Irish, there've just been so few of them that really for a hundred and something years, what they say goes. And now we're seeing a generational shift, I suppose. And it's, it's people like you who are able to leverage, you know, and you're kind of, you're not that far behind the English language, really, in real terms, when you mm. turn around and you say, right, well, it's time for a queer dictionary. But, I mean, are we seeing yeah. a sort of a change in the guard? Are we seeing younger people? Uh, I suppose younger people have always taken that role in the Irish language, but the younger people who are doing it, are they a bit more socially radical now?
1: I think that's definitely one aspect of it. I think another thing that's really helping is kind of seeing um, the Irish language in a more European context. And kind of thinking, well, what's happened in these other languages that aren't English? Because I think a lot of time people view English as this all-encompassing force. And it's it's inevitable to resist and all that there kind of stuff. But I think if you look at the European context and like the early founders of Conrad and which was like the Gaelic League, um, were very much pushing for multilingualism as opposed mm. to just bilingualism. So if they can entrench themselves so much in European culture at the same time as, you know, promoting Irish, which back then, of course, a lot of people thought of as archaic and old and weird, even at the turn of the 20th century. Mm. I think if we can kind of like root Irish as, you know, because I I think the biggest problem that it has is that a lot of people don't really treat it as a language. And it's imbued with this kind of value of, it's either so much worse than every other language or it's so much better than every other language. <laughs> Neither of which are true. Whatever we I ah, know, you- I
0: no. I mean, I'm going to say it so much. <laughs> it's so much better. No, I'm only kidding. It is a language. It's a communications tool. That's that's it. But yeah. maybe one of the things that we do, and I, I don't know what your experience in this is, but like as a society, do we have a tendency to not see it as a language but to see it as a school subject? So mm-hmm. to forget the idea that actually, no, we can put forward any concept you want in this language. It doesn't just have to be about shrapict or, August, mm-hmm. you know, the dreaded peg.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that people almost view it as like a basket for your ideology and a basket for your nationality. Which, you know, it can be a, an important part of it for certain people, but at the at the bones of it, it's a language which is a vessel for meaning or a vessel for communication. When we lose that and when we start attaching beliefs or baggage or whatever to a certain language, like, for example, Irish is difficult or German is difficult and sounds weird or French sounds nice and a other language, you know, whenever you start attaching those ideas to it, I think that really hampers the spread of kind of innovation and the spread of kind of people learning it because they're like, well, it's not just a language. It's got so much more to do with identity and so much more to do with like this brand of politics than English does. English is seen as neutral. Yeah. Well, it should be, but it's kind of not, so...
0: Yeah, I get you. So, I mean, it's it's more so that English is seen as the default setting. Of course, yeah. Like, and it's one of the things that, like, Tenny would be quite strong on saying, like, you know, cis isn't the default. It's a way of being, and so is trans. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So try and step outside of that mindset. And it's, you know, you come back to sort of checking your privilege and realizing that, like, if you happen to have been raised through one of the most common languages in the world, and certainly the most prevalent and the most predominant in our Anglocentric culture, mm-hmm. you kind of have to just step outside that and see Ireland. Uh, Irish isn't some twee little museum piece to be put on a shelf. Like, it is actually a language just like English and it can deal with the same concepts mm-hmm. and same thing. But I suppose one of the things you're mentioning, and it's really interesting, is how, like, you know, politics is, to use the Irish term, fit the footy, mm-hmm. into the Irish language. And certainly when you look at, like, the North, when you look at the six counties, there there is this... um This paradox that, you know, on the one hand, we're saying Irish belongs to everybody and isn't it great that there are people from the traditional unionist backgrounds learning Irish. Mm. But on the other hand, they're saying it's, you know, how Irish is treated as a mark of respect for the nationalist community. So it's very difficult to take the politics out of the language in many cases.
1: It is. And you'll find that a lot with minority languages in general, that because they have been minoritized... You know, there's this whole thing of can the Irish language... They didn't oppress themselves. Yeah, they didn't just, like, reduce themselves to nothing. (laughs) It's kind of like, I guess what you would say is, like, they've clearly been politicised by an outside force, so how can they not be political? Which is an interesting line of questioning, I guess. But for me, the situation in the North is kind of a perfect microcosm of our own difficulties with the language and our own kind of baggage with it and all. Like Irish is so difficult and all this. Here. Well it's it's actually kind of not difficult compared to like something like German. I do German so I can say that. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like you have this like real mismatch of identities and this real kind of I, I think people are just now starting to come to ter- come to terms with it which is why we're kind of getting these new um, you know innovative things or like projects like this or you know, things like that. So I, I think that, you know, for myself, my own identity, um, just to talk about identity politics for a while, because everyone loves that. Um, I was raised as a first language, monoglot English speaker. And then Irish for me was kind of like, oh, God, I have to do it at school. <laughs> I remember from my junior church, because um, what Irish conversation is complete without a discussion about the education system? Yep. Um, it,
0: it is, of course, the way it's taught. It is the way it's taught. I had a
1: bad teacher once in senior <laughs> no, infants. Um, that's ruined my life. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. For the junior shirt, yeah. I remember like we had to learn off these reams of text. And I remember like looking at it, and I was like, I actually do not know what any of these individual words mean. But for the junior shirt, or for whatever it was back in my day, um, you had to learn it off. You had to regurgitate it in the exam. So I remember I recorded myself saying the entire thing, and I listened to myself, and... As anyone knows, the sound of your own voice is not a good sound a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, I didn't do too well in that exam. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm kind of going on a big tangent there but the education. That's fine. <laughs> Have
0: you listened to this podcast before? It's all about tangents. I it, love this tangents. Is what do. It's basically, it's uh, seven or eight tangents tied together by a central idea that brought you into this
1: room. Great, great. Okay.
0: So, no, the education system, because I, I used to teach, right? I was a sub-teacher mm-hmm. immediately after college. I taught Irish for a couple of years in English language schools. I suppose part of the problem that I had, and exactly that, like, and I was part of, I was exacerbating that problem Mm -hmm. because I was teaching kids these things to say and they didn't know what the individual words, now I was trying my best. I was trying to say that, like, talking green, excultion of gluck means the sun is splitting the stones. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's got the genitive case in it because it's using the normal form of the verb. And it's like, I can't teach a 14-year-old this concept because he or she has to have this essay done by the end of the week and they need to know how to write an essay in the exam which is coming up in four months time and you know so if they don't know this by the mocks they're in trouble so at the end of the day the path of yeah. least resistance is learn the f-ing sentence like yeah. it means the sun is splitting the stones that's it put that in your postcard we're done let's move on now let's talk about poetry Yeah, so exactly. I think by the time the time you're doing the junior study, it's way too late to be looking at you're uh, just like
1: what <laughs> uh, I mean I'll move on from my junior experience to my Leaving Cert one. So just like you said there, you kind of like learn off these reams of text and you're like, I actually have no concept of what this grammatical thing is. You know, I don't think anyone actually mentioned the word grammar in the six years. And so I, d- I went off and did the grammar myself. But I have to say, honestly, I think that this is maybe a controversial opinion and I may get thrown out of the studio for saying this, but I think a lot of the time the teaching of Irish is very hampered by this let's make Irish cool factor, where, and let me explain that right, so if you do diploma in German, say like, you know, if you're like an adult learner and you go into college and you diploma in German, you'll start off with like, you know, here's the ABCs, here's what a case is, here's how to make a sentence, this is the word structure, that is never done in any Irish classroom that I've ever no, been in. No, and, you know? and, and
0: I suppose one of the regular criticisms is you tune into any of the national radio stations and all the experts are ringing in saying this is how you make Irish better and this is how you do it. Like, there's too much focus on the grammar. It's like, I'm sorry, first of all, it's a language. So if you don't learn the grammar, you can't, you just, you can't do yeah. that. You can't, these are the building blocks on which, and second of all, no, there isn't. There isn't anyway. Like there just isn't. There isn't. There's too much focus on like the shrap door. There's too much focus on learning stuff off by heart, maybe yeah. for the oral exam. But too much focus on the grammar. Oh um, no, no. Sorry, I'm gonna have to take a hard pass on that opinion.
1: Yeah, I think you're dead right. And I think I notice I notice it the most now because I recently took on a third language, which is German, which I may have mentioned. But um <laughs> Did
0: you did you did you mention that?
1: You I think German? I mentioned it about twice already. <laughs> um there's a reason for that. So um in G- German would have a very similar case structure to Irish, kind of. There's the same cases.
0: Yeah, accusative, structures. dative, genitive, exactly. nominative. Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much the same.
0: I also did German. So. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah
1: Brilliant, wunderbar. Um, so whenever I went into German, I was like, oh, great. I've seen these guys before. I know exactly what's happening. How you get non-dative, how you get non-accusative. But people in the class who were monoglots
0: yeah.
1: were like... I actually have no idea what this is. And it's because between learning English and learning Irish in school we lose out on that meta language of grammar. Yeah. Like what is a case?
0: What is a well, subjunctive Especially if you're a monoglot English speaker because um or look, let's face it, even if you're bilingual in Ireland, the fact of the matter is if you pick up a language as your mother tongue. Mm. You lick it off the stones, you hear it on the streets. Exactly. You don't do a grammar class. There's a date of case in English. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what it is, but you've probably heard, hello, Headstuff Studios, to whom am I speaking? That's yeah. the date of case in English. Exactly. Nobody, knows, nobody knows what a date of case is. Until you sit down and you have your, you know, Leer und Übung der Deutsche Grammatik or your whatever your 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 big yellow uh, German grammar book is, that's going to tell you, this is the genitive and this is the dative and this is the mm. accusative. But yeah, I suppose like, again, we don't acknowledge what a grammar is, what a natural grammar is, because, um, you know, we just kind of learn it off our moms and dads, you know, we just mm-hmm. sort of, we pick it up. And, and if your moms and dads speak a certain vernacular, like, you know, exactly, if, if your mom and dad are more likely to say, I seen it and I done it, then you're more likely to say, I seen it and I done it. And the, the actual mm-hmm. co- so-called correct grammar isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to reflect itself in your vernacular.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that, a lot of people find themselves like really, really disempowered by that when they go in and they're like, well, I've learned Irish, so obviously I can, or I've learned English and I can take on another language. But I think a lot of people are quite disempowered by that and they feel that they can't quite grasp the language. And especially now with like, you know, the junior year curriculum is changing, the leaving curriculum is changing, air quotes, I don't really know what's happening. But, you know, I'm hoping that people will acknowledge that Grammar is extremely important because I was the first year of the new Irish language leave search which is all the way back in twenty twelve. That's when I did my leave search Like
0: that's all the way back. Oh, my
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what year I did my my. No. Uh, my leaving. Center. At least it was this century, though. You know, it our, was the our podcast's usual host, Derek O'Shea Did his leaving Cert last century? Oh, oh my man. god, he's like Happy so old. He's, yeah. he's the podcast dad. Yeah, you're doing better than him. <laughs> um, what we, we can gonna... scandal him because he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Derek. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah hey i'm alan mcguire i'm sarah griffin and i'm anton and we are the three hosts of juvenalia a podcast where we talk to interesting people about bits of pop culture that were important to them when they were young we've talked to sarah quinn about madonna we've talked to auntie Donahue about star wars and we talked to shanae burke about snow white and the seven dwarves and that's just three of the 60 plus episodes we have on the heads up podcast network so if you remember things from your childhood and want to talk about them we're here deep chats with sound people about wonderful things from their childhood. That's what we do here so give us a listen. Bye everybody
1: See you now. Bye I think about the old leaving search for Irish which was probably a little bit too hard for second language learners but it had like the history of Irish, they had loads of poems, loads of stories there was a lot of flipping grammar and that stuff probably it was a bit too hard now for someone who was a second language learner but I think by impoverishing things to the point where let's say forty percent of the exam or what is it like, forty percent of the exam is for the oral and you yeah. get ten marks or twenty marks for reading a poem off a page yeah. that you have seen for the last two years. Yeah. That is and that's an impoverishment in my opinion. You know, it's not challenging it's definitely not challenging to people out in the touch who are like sitting there being like
0: Yeah, I went to yeah. a I went to a grad school and like to be honest with you, even under the old mm. system where the oral exam was not worth 40%. It was worth a lot less. It was still worth a significant chunk. Mm. It was a joke. It was a laugh. Like, you're, you're sitting in there going, I guess, Caretai Tarlinton on show? It's like, well, wow, like, you've chosen two of the six Shrap or that I have, you know, studied mm-hmm. f- for two, three years. Like, it's just, it, it, it's laughable. You know what I mean? And um, Yeah, but I mean, look, you've been involved in the Union of Students in Ireland. Mm-hmm. You've seen academic curricula of all different sorts, you've spoken to students and all sorts like, is there is there an epidemic of dumbing down right the way through the system? I I know if you speak to certain university lecturers, they'll certainly say that that like the focus has gone on to postgraduates now. So like it's kinda like get the undergraduates through and then is the knock on effect like just get them through the Leaving Cert, just get them through the junior cert, just get them through primary school. And nobody's really sitting down and going like, can these kids fucking speak the language or not?
1: Yeah. I mean I I think that I'm uh, I'm re- I'm doing research now in the um in NUI Galway, and I'm obviously kind of on campus a bit. I work with my old lecturers, and I'm kind of around the place, you know, hanging around like a bad smell. But I know that in 2013, and now this is not a thing of NUIG is terrible and no one else does this. <laughs> but NUIG, I hope I don't get fired for saying this, but NUIG <laughs> actually removed the requirement. Um, I think that it was it was a departmental decision, removed the requirement to write a mini thesis at the end of your undergrad in Irish. So for history, I wrote 7,000 words about death rituals in post famine Ireland. And then for Irish, I did nothing because they had simply removed it from the course. Of course, oh. it was replaced by exams and orals and all that other stuff, yeah. but they actually removed, probably, I would say quite a substantial stepping stone because I went on to do a master's in Irish then, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's twenty five thousand words, please and thank you." But I didn't have that stepping stone because so many people had failed it okay. in previous years. That because universities, regardless of the subject and regardless of where they are, cannot be seen to have too many students fail.
0: Yeah, that was so they removed gonna, it. That's terrible. When yeah. I was in when I was in college, I went to college in Maynooth and uh, you did have to do a major thesis at the end of your um, or a minor thesis a mini thesis at the end of your undergraduate. Mm. Unless you went to the Goeltacht for two and a half weeks. Wow. I know. If you went to the Goeltacht for two and a half weeks, all of a sudden, instead of writing a 5,000 word mini thesis, you just had to write a two and a half thousand word essay about, you know, something that inspired you in the Goeltacht. That sounds amazing. It was brilliant. I went down to Dune Queen, had the time of my life for two and a half weeks, wrote a bunch of poetry and Mm. uh, got a first. (laughs) So... Like, I mean,
1: is, who would have done the thesis like?
0: No, exactly. It was yeah. like uh, b- basically we had a uh, hundred and fourteen people in the in the class that graduated that year or that were to graduate that year, and maybe five of them did the mini thesis simply because they just they they were on holiday when the guild took time was was, was on, mm. so they had no other option. But like, yeah, who the hell would have chosen to do a thesis like? Yeah, it's a paid holiday.
1: Like. A paid holiday in the guild Sounds way preferential to a 7,000-word thesis or whatever. <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, I, I think there's, like, there's so much stuff that kind of gets lost through all levels of teaching, and it's not for the teachers. It's not by dint of them trying. It's no. kind of like, I had an amazing teacher. Hello, Miss McCaffrey, if you're listening. Um, for my leaving search, and we did everything. We kind of went through things. She kind of, like, tried to explain as best she could, but there was literally no time to do grammar in the class. It was, like, exam preparation. That's all you had and if you didn't do that and someone failed or whatever, then it was going to be your head in the block.
0: Yeah, I, you know? I had a great teacher. Um, she was really, really strict. We got her in sixth year. Mm. We had a bunch of Irish teachers leave on either sick leave or maternity leave, whatever, over the years. So like, we had a different Irish teacher in second year, third year, transition mm-hmm. year, fifth year. And in sixth year, we got our own year head. Uh, she was a brilliant teacher. Hello, Anya Goheen, if you're listening. Uh, and uh, Anya got into the class and she was like, all right, Tisha um, Ginnaduk, the genitive case. And we were like, yeah, no, I don't think we've done that.
1: Have we done it? Yeah, have we done yeah. that? And she
0: was like, what? So like, we basically did nothing but ground. Now, we had the privilege of being in the Guile School, so conversational mm-hmm. Irish is no problem. Uh, we could learn to bullshit about poems and stuff like that, but she was determined there wasn't one of us leaving that class uh, at the end of the year without being able to correctly write and speak in Irish. So Tishil Towerhook, Tishil Ginnaduck, Tishil Anamnook, mm-hmm. the whole lot. She hammered into us. And I swear to God, it stood to me because, like, it was the reason I was able to get a good mark in German. Because all of a sudden yeah. it was like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Languages have building I've blocks. I've seen and this you makes before. Sense. Yeah, I've seen you before, old friend.
1: Yeah. It's like you run towards him with arms outstretched.
0: <laughs> I'm running towards the Tischelginnig.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the Tischelginnig. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a massive nerd or anything. It's because if you can do the Tischelginnig, you know the gender of the noun and you know the declension of the noun or vice versa. It's like a little triangle of doom. You know? Yeah but
0: I mean you can always bullshit your way through it Like just do the duck that sounds right And if somebody says you're wrong you just go Oh yeah but like so Dialectal Yeah yes so Dialectal uh, Yeah no it's it's uh, feminine in in this speech It's and,
1: a Connemara thing Which con- is <laughs> a, I actually can say it because my partner's from Connemara And They have this real interesting thing where They would like say like Erme Yeah But then I was like why don't you use her, Which is a perfectly functional word like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not, that's not proper. And I was like, you're literally saying air my bicycle. But they have like a totally different way of doing things. I don't know, I don't really understand. When I
0: was down in Dune Queen talking to some of the people down there, one woman said... um you know, of like bicycling in Dunqueen of Vadriv'Ruhr. Like there were there were down in Dunqueen before a roher ever turned Which is up.
1: fair enough, actually. So
0: you just kinda of go with what's in the folk memory, what's there, like
1: And it's actually quite interesting to see the contrast between the kind of Gaelicized words like, you know, bicycle" or na bicycle versus the words that came from Dublin I'm inserting air quotes around that <laughs>
0: you're doing a lot of air quotes for a I'm for doing a lot of air <laughs> quotes
1: uh, just have a good imagination guys but like the word for chess like faecal which is a great word it means like fee is an old word for like wood or a forest kind of more wood and then uh, what was the second bit? Kale, kale Yeah. kale or cal would be sense so it means like wood sense Because, you know, chess is made of wood or whatever. Or at uh, least it would have been. Yeah, it would have have been. uh,
0: (laughs) uh, We didn't have a lot of ivory knocking around. No, there wasn't really (laughs) any (laughs) elephants
1: around for us to kill. But uh, while, you know, all the Gaelic people or Gaelic League people were um, inventing new words or like kind of reviving old words at the turn of the 20th century, they were like, well, we don't have a word for chess, so we're just going to use this word for a game that was kind of like chess, but it wasn't really like chess, yeah. So, and it works.
0: Fihil is something that would have been played, it's it features prominently in um, the story of Deirdre and the Sorrows. Mm. That Fihil is a game that's being mm-hmm. played by Croham McNassa and Nisha and other characters of the story. Um, and basically, they sort of just retrofitted it, uh, exactly. And Back canoned it into the uh, <laughs> into the into the, <laughs> the uve that that, like, yeah, well, I mean, we have this game that nobody plays anymore that was played with wooden playing pieces on a wooden board, and we need a name for this game that people play right mm. now with wooden pieces on a wooden board, so yeah, it makes perfect sense.
1: But I think a lot of the time, like, people are resistant to change, it doesn't matter if whether it's in the guild tucked or the gal I think they're like, well, that's not proper Irish. That's that's not what you know that's not proper. And it doesn't matter, like a lot of people from the Guilt would have people like me giving out about Erma bicycle or Choig in cinema.
0: <laughs> but
1: you know what's what what Call of trousers Yeah. What is your digging Mac Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like what gives me the right to be like, well that's not proper. Yeah. But equally what gives anyone else the right well maybe they do have more of a right because they the Giltuk, they preserved the language for the last six hundred years. I don't know. But um people saying like well that's not proper. That's not proper Irish. But again, that kind of leads me on to something else, which is pronunciation, which is... I mean, honestly, I didn't see an Irish alphabet until I was, like, 21. And I was like, wow, this is different. different." I mean, I knew there was no K (laughs) or there was no J except for, like, judo or something.
0: Yeah, or jival.
1: Jival, Jival. a very important (laughs) verb. But um, I actually opened... It's the newest version of... uh, the Christian Brothers Grammar. It's like a nice new snazzy book. I think it's by Paulo Muraku. And I opened up like the first section, which was all about like phonetics, and I was like, Oh my god, what is a glottal stop? I was like and it went through every single letter in the Irish language and how it was pronounced, and I was like, I literally Oh wow. What have I been doing with my life? You know? Yeah, when you think you know it, you don't know
0: it. I went to I went to I went to a grail school and we learned one alphabet. Mm. and we learned a b c d e f g h i j k l m n p q r s t v w x y z perfect and then it was just a case of August Oscar, yeah, you just don't use these eight letters mm. except sometimes you do and like yeah so i never learned a specific irish abk you know Yeah, it was just, like
1: whatever they were like tg cair is actually t g cair i was like what
0: yeah so up in oh ulster in, in ulster um in the six counties they they're huge on that like all my friends were up there called the bbc on bay bay k Wow. And like for the first couple of years, I was hearing this. I was like, what the fuck are you on? Are you what having strokes? Like, Jeez. are you all right? Like, what's wrong? Yeah. It's like, what? What is that? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Look, it's kind of, we use the Roman alphabet, but like we are pronouncing it in exactly the same way. And funnily enough, on my first day of German lessons, mm-hmm. A, B, K, D, A, F, G, H, E, O, K, L, M, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, V, X, Y, Z. Yeah. So, like, it's a German alphabet and you say it Germanly. Yeah. We don't say it Irishly. That's insane now that you mention it.
1: Isn't it bananas? It's and bananas. then I was like, okay. So, like, here's an example. Like, my name, which is L-A-O-I-G-H-S-E-A-C-H. The actual first syllable of that is really hard to get. So, it's like a deeper kind of. Sound like lee so it comes from like it comes Ugh. from really deep in the throat. Yeah, that sounds like horrible, but um, <laughs> it's kind of like my first Ferdinand slip of the day. But um, you know, it, it's actually not a, a Freudian
0: slip is when you say one thing, but you're thinking your mother, uh, another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like that's actually a really hard sound to capture, and then. So this is this
0: lee. Lee shock got the, 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 yeah. the depth to it. It's
1: kind of like a glug or something, yeah. and then like the shock at the end. So people end up calling me Lee shock as in shock? the river, the river lee, lee, and an electric shock. And I'm just like,
0: but I mean, your name your, name your name rhymes with t-shock.
1: I know that's what I come up with. I'm like, guys, it's like Shock with an L, and they're like, oh, Shackle? Tea
0: tea, tea. Tea shackle?
1: Oh, I actually need to rant about something. (laughs) Okay. So I read this book called... um, I actually have it in my bag here beside me. It's like the mother tongue, how English became the way it was. Because I love... I find old English and English fascinating. Um, And (laughs) there was a thing in it about how Irish orthography and pronunciation was so much harder than English. And I was like, excuse me? I know this book was written in 1990, but this is wrong. Yeah. And then there was a section that I literally, I thought it was going to give me, I don't even know, I thought it was going to give me like an internal hemorrhage. But it said, <laughs> T-shock is pronounced like "tea sack
0: I was like, It's not. This it's is a book. Tea shock the shock you get yeah. from a good cup of tea. Shock.
1: I was like, T-shock? Are you serious? I was like, can you ask any person who's ever lived in Ireland? I actually was like, oh my God. Like there was like all these like, things. Can like- we just
0: take it back for a second though? This Did this like book try to say that English was easier to yes. pronounce? It? So, like I said, I used to teach. And every time a student complained about how difficult it was to pronounce stuff in Irish, I would write four letters up on the blackboard. Right? I would write up O-U-G-H. O-U-G-H, oh, God, right? yes. And then when you put a T in front of it, it's tough. When you put a C in front of it, it's cough. When you put a T H in front of it, it's though. Same four letters with four, five, six, seven different... Exactly. Like, I'm sorry, but English makes no sense, none whatsoever. And it's just because we all licked it off a stone because it's the exactly. predominant language in the country that we think, oh, yeah, no, that, makes, that, makes, that makes perfectly sense. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's just like... I, personally I find Irish like way more systematic in the sense of like you have your tissue and a juk you have your five declensions you know the nouns are kind of obvious which ones they are most of the time you have 11 regular vowel or verbs whoa that's terrible
0: you're scaring off all the listeners now. This sorry guys I'm going to
1: talk about English now it's going to be a million times worse and then English is like okay cases aren't really a thing anymore except for like who and whom and all that kind of stuff um, I don't know
0: what it is But he and him She and her yeah. That's all case related
1: That's Yeah that's it But like the actual nouns Don't change no, massively Articles uh, You know it's like Verbs are kind of Like 250 irregular verbs Or something like that Strong verbs Weak verbs All this here kind of stuff And pronunciation there, Actual orthography Of the language Is the hardest bit Because like You have Wind And then you have Wind How is someone supposed To know what that is <laughs> That would never happen In Irish Because Irish actually has And they're like, yeah,
0: but it's like they're both nouns, they're both verbs. Like, you know, you can give a clock a wind, or you can wind a clock, but you can listen to the wind, and you can wind a baby. It's like it makes no sense. It's not in Irish. If you learn how to pronounce something once, and so long as you stay, you know, orthographically consistent within your dialect, then you know how to pronounce everything. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, it's it's kind of there are so few exceptions to the basic rules of pronunciation of letters in Irish.
1: I actually, the only exception I could think of off the top of my head is Kion, Kion Like head. Yeah. It looks like can. It looks like can. But that's like the only exception I can think of.
0: But I mean, I suppose if you're speaking once Irish and you see a-n-n, you see that morpheme a-n-n, there's a big, big part of you that wants to pronounce it own anyway. Yeah, exactly. So Kion is kian. fairly natural to me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's an interesting one actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, so like it's it's a uh, I suppose I remember when you were the mother folklore curator you started talking about how orthographically shallow yeah. Um, uh, Irish is and that's that's what it is that basically if you learn the pronunciations you're kind of on the right track like unlike English where oh my god like you could just keep getting things wrong like you know it's just
1: Yeah. And like, I, you know, I think like Irish is like, oh, everyone's like, it's so hard to pronounce. And there's so many letters. Like, well, it's actually perfectly logical and sane. And, you know, English, English, of course, makes sense by its own rules. But the rules are so historical, like the, the language is like rummaged through the pockets of every language in the world.
0: Mm.
1: So like <laughs> a lot of the rules are just kind of like, um, I guess we'll just do this now. Um,
0: but like I before E except after C. Or when pronounced A is in neighbour and wait. And, you know, it's just like there's so many exceptions.
1: Arbitrary rules for yeah. like literally everything.
0: You, you can't uh, end a sentence on a preposition, apparently. Well, that is something up with which I will not put.
1: Exactly. Yeah. There's another one too in English. Like, they have, like the great thing about Irish is there's rules and the rules are generally accepted by everyone. But with English, you'll have things like you can't end a sentence with a pre- preposition. You can't start a sentence with a conjunction or an interjection and... Another one is you can't split an infinitive, which means that I. So what,
0: yeah, I know, I know the best, the most famous example yes, is Star example. Trek. Uh, they 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 said to boldly go where no man has gone before. That's People saying that's grammatically incorrect. It should have been to go boldly where no man has gone before.
1: That is interesting because you would never say like the nice man was a split nominative. You know, but like we have all yeah. these like arbitrary rules flying around, saying like, well, this is wrong and this is wrong, and like American Eng- American English is this is the way that is, and English English is the way that I, is. I think it's
0: crazy that somebody says American English is wrong or yeah. isn't proper. They've been speaking it for two hundred years. You know what I mean? It's they like probably no codified for one hundred and fifty years. No, Webster wrote his dictionary in the eighteen hundreds. Like it's like it's a long time. Like there have been there have been modern American English dictionaries for longer than there have been modern. Irish dictionaries for mm-hmm. longer than there have been dictionaries of many languages. So mm-hmm. it's kind of to say, oh, that's incorrect. That's improper. But it brings us back to what you're saying earlier. Like if people have these opinions, they start talking about this is proper. This isn't proper. That's not proper yeah. use of language. That's improper use of language. To bring us right back to the folklore, mm-hmm. to the queer dictionary. Mm-hmm. Did you get any pushback on that? Did people start to say that, you know, these neologisms, these things that you're saying, it's it's not proper use of the language?
1: Yeah I did actually Um, I mean just what we were saying there but like proper language and being comfortable with the language and like things are right and things are wrong and that's the way it is nothing's ever going to change thank you very much <laughs> Um, I, I think like people I got a lot of pushback on the word Ateach because I was like okay I've got to get a word for to transit for queer I was like and I actually did queer theory in my Irish language masters which was really interesting but it was called Chorek na which is you know
0: it's the Queers theory are, of queerness, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. so I was, like, okay, achacht is queerness, so atach must be the right word, So I said, and fucked orach, but I got it. someone actually it was a native speaker from I don't know where they were from, and they were like, Well, I actually find that really offensive because the connotations of the Irish word mean strange, and I was like, yeah, but that's what the English that's, word that's means what the as English word well means, yeah, but like but well, I suppose yeah. just
0: societally have we moved past the point like you with very, very few exceptions, nobody says, Oh, that's a bit queer. When they're talking about something innocently, that's a bit strange. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? There's no tea left in my cup. How queer. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's it's whereas in Irish we certainly do say. Like, you know, isn't that strange? But because it's the same root, I would struggle to think of like what could you use in place of it?
1: That's the challenge because, like English, we could say has moved on. There's another set of air quotes going up there. <laughs> um, English has moved on, in a certain sense, and like words change so fast, in English, because they're in constant usage, like on social media and the news, on everything. I
0: know. Bad means good. Yeah. And good means bad. And Fortnite is a thing, or something. I'm not Fortnite sure. Fortnite is a, some kind of a it's thing. Something.
1: And sick is suddenly good. So I was like, oh, uh, sick has been that's good sick. since that's uh, legit. that is
0: sick. It is legit.
1: Oh my god, we sound like seventeen-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like maybe Irish Irish hasn't been the line that I would use, like Irish hasn't been challenged to do the things that people needed to do. Because people are kinda like
0: No, that's interesting.
1: People are like, Oh, I don't want to like I don't want to ask too much of it. Or I don't want to ask too much of the people who speak it or
0: Are we pedestalizing it then? Are we just saying like that it's it's up there? Are we doing centrism one on one? That's Irish now. It'll never be changed. I, I hope think for so. any better.
1: I think so. Because like if you look at the rapidity, is that a word? Of like how uh, the rapidity of English change and how people aren't afraid to mess with it and like do different poetic forms with it and like you know, even though we're like there's a lot of people who are like who live on the conventions of like English from sixteen hundred and one or whatever. But I think with Irish we're maybe a wee bit scared to challenge it because for the simple reason that we don't believe we have the legit authority to do so because We're not from the Gilltuct or we didn't do a degree in Irish or We Aren't Translators or We Aren't XYZ.
0: But there are people pushing that. Like they they're they're going against that breaking the molds. Like there are Irish language rappers trying new forms. There's there's code mixing. There are people like you with folklore atok. That is in itself as like it was called a revolutionary anti imperialist act, but it is, it's a revolutionary act linguistically, to codify. This, and you, what you're doing is you're just reflecting what people are already mm. saying and speaking. And those that are n- non-binary have had to find an Irish way of identifying themselves, if they speak Irish. Those that are trans people, trans men, trans women, they've had to find a way of expressing their own gender identity. Exactly. People have had to find ways of expressing their sexuality, expressing their, you know, uh, what's their romantic bias? You know, are they, are they mm-hmm. asexual, aromantic? All of these terms people have been out there finding ways to describe who they are because intrinsically, you have to find a way Mm -hmm. to express who you are in your language. All you've done is taken them and put them onto paper. So, I mean, you're kind of, you're reflecting something that's already out there, this revolutionary act that's already happening. But I suppose if there's pushback, is it coming from those that see themselves as, the keepers of the flame, or is it coming from those that see themselves as like, oh no, oh no, no, nobody can touch it. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a special thing up there that nobody's allowed to f*** around with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of an interesting distinction, and it's a lot. I think a lot of the time it can kind of cross over, like you know, like people who are the keepers of the flame, and then people who are kind of like, well, we it's precious and we shouldn't touch it or we shouldn't and just like well we should like break it and throw it around and like mess around with it because if you're not doing with if you're not doing that with a language then it might as well be dead because Mm. if you're not experimenting then like always creating new forms, creating new words like allowing people to find their their identities and identify within a language if they want if that's not happening well you can just consign that language to the rubbish bin because it's not evolving and Mm. I think anyone who says like that's not proper or you know that isn't No, there's always like a room for like honest critiques and stuff because like with the and folkloratic there were a lot of errors in it. Mm. Um even on my own little piece about who I am and stuff, there was a lot there were a lot of grammatical errors in that. There were a lot of grammatical errors in the actual text but the keepers of the keys, I'm not gonna mention who they are sent me a very insulting email about it and said like this is so grammatically poor that I don't think this person has ever wrote anything in has ever written let me just check my English grammar there. <laughs> has ever <laughs> English written English grammar f- is <laughs> it's a
0: social construct. So we can ignore it if We you need can to. ignore
1: it. We're experimenting. Uh sent, s- said said to me t-
0: in Dublin it's writ. I don't think that person rich. has ever written anything.
1: Oh yeah. Well I don't think uh, <laughs> they said that I don't think this person has ever written anything in Irish and I was like this is a terrible email, and yeah. I like I just I broke my heart because I was just
0: like, oh god. Sometimes people don't realize there's a human being on the other end of this email. I like, was like, oh. like,
1: but like it's not. It wasn't about me. I was just kind of like, oh my god, have I like misrepresented people, have I X Y Z? And then I was like, you know what? They weren't going to do anything about it. So if I put out a completely erroneous erroneous text that's full of mistakes, at least people can work with it.
0: Yeah, you've given, you know you've I mean? given a skeleton to the Kratlachan, you know what yeah. I mean? You've given a, a framework for people to build on and like no dictionary should be the final version. Like at absolutely no stage we say, no, that's it. There's enough words now. Stop.
1: We don't need it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah like there's no, that, that's, so even folklore.ie is constantly adding, and it's a new story in Turish and Nos and Mjonella every year. Here are the the words that were added to the folklore this year. And isn't that great? It's brilliant. We're Mm -hmm. constantly evolving. And it's not just Irish. It's not just Irish. You know what I mean? Like nobody said, we have enough English words. Mm. Let's just stop now. Yeah. You know, even the very conservative Academy Francaise who regulate the spelling and grammar and the, the, the vocabulary of French are adding new words all the time. Yeah. Sometimes as a pushback to the encroach of English, but uh, sometimes it's just, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we need that word. We need that in there. Mm. So, look, we're getting new words. It's brilliant. You've started something amazing with on folklore. Were there any terms that stuck out as something like that you didn't expect or that sort of surprised you a little bit or that really, really made you smile?
1: I I found so many terms that I wasn't aware of. And it was like, for me, it was a massive, massive learning experience, purely from the fact of how can I be a better ally? How can I help, you know, the community to represent themselves? I saw a lot of the differences between Irish and English in the sense of, in English, you'll have a lot of things like genderqueer, mm. which kind of combines a noun and an adjective. And then mm. you're kind of thinking, how do I make this into an adjective in Irish? Because like, you can't really... Combine nouns and adjectives in quite the same way.
0: Yeah, we've got our own little sort of structural nuances that if you want to do a portmanteau or a, a co yeah. that it's a little bit, it's not like German, where you just stick it on to the just end of the word. Stick just it keep on going. With tip. Yeah. Just keep going. Just forever. You can't stop. I can't believe you just said just stick it on the tip. That's.
1: I said stick it on with tip. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that was your Freudian slip, slip of the day.
0: my Freudian slip of the day there.
1: Uh yeah, no German's fun. But um no, it was a great a great learning experience and just like, even like coming across words like two spirit how to like which is like kind of an Native American term, how how to express that? Mm. Like should I say ga or ga or you know, it was kind of just a, a crat look like a skeleton, as you say, because you know, people might have a certain way of using it that I haven't mm-hmm. come across yet, yeah. or
0: and their life experiences are their life experiences. You're not, you're not preaching. You're not prescribing. Oh God, no. Yeah, you're not saying this is the way. It's like, hey guys, here's a way. Were yeah. you looking for a way to identify yourself, a way to be, a way to say who you are? Well, you know, here's some suggestions. Here's Here some is hints, an like, option. Yeah, yeah, but like the world's your oyster. The language is exactly. yours. Like, yeah, Mm-hmm. Well, we got to leave it there. Uh it's been absolutely amazing. I can't believe you wrote a thesis on like post-famine Ireland um, like rituals of the dead. So Yeah. That is something we're going to have to delve into at some stage in of the future, course. but for now, I'm afraid we have to say Slán níchigis gorm míle magat.
1: Gorm míle magat
0: Motherfucklore is a weekly podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network and comes out every Friday. You can send your feedback to motherfucklore at headstuff.org. Thanks always to Brian for producing and to Kirsten for the amazing artwork. We'll be back on Chapter the Jug and Salon. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Dublin, welcome to Motherfucklore. Uh, the, bleh, 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 I'm- Excellent.